The Button Ski Hanger is a patented ski storage fixture that safely stores alpine skis regardless of length, width, or shape. This means that your fat powder skis can now be stored next to your narrower carving skis, your race skis, and your kid skis. For more information, visit their website, buttonskirack.com. The Button Ski Hanger is also available for purchase at amazon.com. So make your purchase today. The button ski hanger is simply better for your skis. Hestra knows hands. For over 80 years, Hestra has been producing the highest quality, warmest gloves you can own. Crafted with durable, form-fitting leathers, they are made with the end user in mind. Don't let cold hands end a great day of skiing or snowboarding early. With hundreds of different options, you'll find a Hestra glove that fits your needs. Check out Hester Gloves at HesterGloves.com. That's H-E-S-T-R-A-G-L-O-V-E-S.com. Or at your local ski shop or wherever Hester Gloves are sold. Hester Gloves, taking care of your hands since 1936. Welcome to New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast, presented by Country Ski and Sport. Ski season is here, and it's time to gear up at Country Ski and Sport. Shop now for your best preseason deals at any of their three locations in Hanson, Quincy, and Westwood, Mass. Or shop online at countryski.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast. I'm Eric Wilbur, editor of the New England Ski Journal. I'm joined by my Base Camp co-host, Mike Specian. Mike, how are you? I'm doing outstanding, Eric. It's it's back into winter time for me. It's uh, back into winter. It's it, the, the leaves haven't even changed yet. You know what? When you handle a company in the ski business, it really starts to kick in in September. Sales are going on. I just got done with a couple days worth of sales meetings and product development meetings. It's it's wintertime. Yeah. I, I, it, from a magazine standpoint here, too, it is, too. We just put out our fall issue, which is sort of like our last bastion of summer before we start really preparing for the November issue and the season kickoff and, and whatnot. So you're right. I mean, the, the, the preparation is starting now, where, whereas if you may be a, a family with, a, with a, a pass, you may not be preparing for skiing until December or January, but for, for others that live this as their lifestyle or, or, or have such passion for skiing, there, there are many things to do. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to Doug Lewis about getting ready on the snow and, and what you can do to prepare for the season, both mentally and physically. And it, it's just time to start looking around at the, the, the fall and appreciating the fall, that it's going to be leading us into another winter time. You know, if if you're going to Tahiti, you don't get ready to go to Tahiti the week before. You're, you're getting ready. You're saying, hey, I want to look good over in Tahiti anyway <laughs> and, and maybe work out a little bit or whatever. But also, school's back in, man. School is back. Trust me. I know. Between so, so teaching it and hearing the kids' first, first days, tales of the first day. Yeah, school's back in session. And look, I'm not one of those that, that says... That, that that's fearful every time school comes like uh, not one of those and, and luckily two out of the three of my kids aren't either two out of the three of my kids love school two out of the three of my kids are doing great 
but it is a different time, right? It is. It's time when when fall sports explode. There's soccer games everywhere, and it, it sometimes it can be tough to really focus on the matter at hand, right? It's 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 this is ski time. Okay, let's get everything else hold, out of the way. Hold, hold on, what? Be, because I I gotta say this. Wah 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 wah. <laughs> no excuses. Th- those aren't excuses. Those are telling reality. you about the reality situation, and that two out of the three of my kids are go- loving school, right? The third one, we'll find out. We'll, we'll see. Maybe it'll be a better year. But two out of three, two out of three ain't bad, right? Do you want, do you want me to tell you about my life when school goes back in? Sure. The lake gets... It's, it's no different. The lake gets empty, so I can go paddle anytime I want. With I know. Nobody there. I know. Okay? My wife goes back to school every morning, so I get up in the morning and have the house to myself. The beauty of an empty nester. It's It's... Terrible. Okay. When well, the, school comes back in, this is a perfect segue then because <laughs> over over the past week we've had some really good friends of mine, a guy I grew up with, went to college with, and he has lived in London for the past fifteen years or so, and uh, he's been back in the states this year with his English wife and his two children who are aged five and three. Now, Bill went a little bit later uh, on life in in getting the, the family going, but. I can't imagine at my age on the doorstep of 50 having a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And it was like simple things I would forget. Like I, would, I told them, why don't you guys come over at 6.30 tonight, the day after they flew across the pond. And he's like, 6.30, are you nuts? Like, can we come over a little earlier? We have these kids that are going to crash. And my, my youngest is 10. So I've kind of blocked all this out about, about what these years were. And my God, were these kids cute. And they were so just full of energy and their little British accents. It was, it was great. It was awesome. And the best part was I got to give them back, right? They weren't my kids. And that may sound mean, but it's also just an admission of I'm done with those years, right? My kids are now looking. They're into high school. And they're, they're starting to, our, our skiing lives are a lot different now than they were at five and three. It was fun to talk to little Maddie about when you're three years old, what she's doing on the slope, but I don't ever want to live that again, right? Unless it's my granddaughter. So it is time to start buckling down, getting ready for action. But I bring, I bring that friend up because one of the things he did over the weekend was he's cleaning out his house. And since he lives in London, he doesn't necessarily have a need for his racing skis from the 90s, right? So he dropped off these. We went to, to college together at St. Mike's up in Vermont. And St. Mike's is a Division two school for many sports, sometimes Division three, But in ski racing, it's Division one. And, and, and Bill dropped off these behemoth skis. I, I, think, I think the Atomics are 240s. They are just – and you could not believe the difference in I – mean, my, my 12-year-old helped bring them in the house – and he just couldn't fathom how heavy they were and the changes that have come to skiing over the past 30 years. And trying to tell my sons, like, trying to tell them, like, look, Bill was a, a high-level Division I college ski racing, and this is what the skis were in that day. I'd be fascinated to, to learn what, what are they going to be skiing on five years from now, six years from now, because the, in, like my son said, are we going to ski on these? I said, not on your life, never. A ski chair is probably the most likely thing we'll do with these skis, but ski on them, no. The the, the types of athletes that, that can ski on these sorts of skis, particularly in 2023, is a very small group. Well, I I firmly 
believe I could not ski on a 215 straight ski. I say I firmly believe. I, I definitely couldn't ski the woods like I used to ski them. I know. Just because skiing style has changed. It, it, it's, it's, it's amazing looking at these things, and they're, they're sitting on my front porch right now for the world. We actually had a friend pick up his daughter last night, and he looked at them. He's like, are you skiing on those arcs? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not skiing on those arcs. Those are for show. And, and the, the level of athlete, look, if you've got a kid that can ski on these 240 atomic arcs, we know where they should be going this fall, and it's not playing soccer. Well, let's put it this way. Scott Schmidt wouldn't go back to skiing straight skis and hucking off of huge cliffs today when he can ski on today's skis and actually have more fun with less effort. Yep, but that, that's, that's here and there. But it's, some things have happened in the ski industry. We, somebody left one of our guests from at one point, left New England at this point. Mm-hmm. Cannon's going to have a new GM. Pretty wild. I never thought John would leave. Yeah. But if you're ever out to Antelope Butte, Wyoming, he's out there. Go see see him out there. Unbelievable. Uh, what, a, what a change of time. But my wife and I were just up at Stowe over Labor Day. It was unbelievable, as usual. I always love going up to Stowe and staying at Spruce Peak. I mean, what's better than being there for three nights not much. Yeah, so we had a good time. Got into Burlington. Got me really jonesing about the season. But, you know, at this point, she's back in school already, of course. At this point, school is on, and I think we're going to talk about something a little bit unique in schooling. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we, we have a policy at the New England Ski Journal that if you're at the level of, like, Michaela Schifrin, your name is not Michaela Schifrin. In our pages, it's Brooke Academy product, Michaela Schifrin, okay? Ski academies in New England have helped create and mold both mentally and physically some of the finest ski athletes of our generation. Michaela, you've got Bodie Miller, Seth Westcott, Hannah Soar. The, the list goes on and on. Plus, there is a, a whole new crop of rising stars that are right in the precipice of either the U.S. ski team or, or greatness of their own. So we're going to talk to, I'm very excited, a couple heads of school at Carabasset Valley Academy in Maine. We've got Kate Weber-Punderson. And at Killington Mountain School in Vermont, we've got Claire Butler. They're going to come on and talk about their respective schools, the academies, what both offer, how do, how do students balance academics and skiing, all that fun stuff. And if you're thinking about a, a skiing academy in the future, whether it's for yourself or your son or daughter, it's a very interesting listen, and they can give you some quick tips on where to begin. So we'll have Kate and Claire on right after this. Discover what you've been missing when you visit Burke Mountain, the last little corner of Vermont. Located only seven miles off Interstate 91, the slopes are closer than you think. Take advantage of their incredible midweek deals like $45 Monday through Friday lift tickets or Wicked Wednesdays where three people can ski or ride for the price of one. That's right. You and two of your friends can ski and ride for just 15 bucks a piece every Wednesday non-holiday. Incredible. To learn more, book your overnight stay at the Ski In, Ski Out Burke Mountain Hotel or purchase lift tickets Visit skiburk.com. All right, welcome back into the Base Camp Podcast. Joining us on the old Zoom line, we've got a pair of heads of school. Kate Weber Punderson is at Carabasset Valley Academy, and Claire Butler, Killington Mountain School, head of school. Claire, Kate, welcome to the program. 
Thank you Thanks, so much guys. for joining us. Oh, we're excited to have you. It's a back to school segment here. Everybody's going back to school. So are you guys. Kate, give us give us an idea what a ski academy is because our listeners might not be fully familiar with what a ski academy is. Yeah, absolutely. Probably in, in the shortest sentence, ski academies empower skiers and snowboarders to pursue their dreams. It, it allows for skiers and snowboarders to continue to train and be competitive throughout their developmental years while attaining a college prep academics and developing their personal values. So it allows for student athletes to not have to compromise either their academic focus or their focus on skiing and snowboarding competitively. Perfect. And how, with that being the primary focus, how does it differ than a traditional school? Are they still in school full-time at the same time or what's going on? So for a ski academy like Carabasa Valley Academy and Killington Mountain School, Everyone that attends that school, all the kids are either skiers or snowboarders. So it allows for this really cohesive group. And we have one focus and everyone has a shared passion. And when you have that shared passion, you can tweak your schedule and to optimize training for skiing and snowboarding as well as to optimize for athletics. And all of your teachers at a ski academy are very supportive of the student athletes' dreams on the athletic side. So they're going to work closely with the coaches and the families to create an environment and a schedule where the students can re reach their personal best. And so everybody's on the same page, whereas at a, at a traditional school, you might have you might have some basketball players or some some folks who are are really focused on things other than skiing and snowboarding, which just which can work, but it just isn't as like a cohesive group. Gotcha. Can each of you share a little bit about your background and how your passion for skiing led to your roles at the school? Claire, can we start, uh, I'm sorry, Kate, can we start with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I was fortunate enough to be born into a very ski-focused family. Both my father and my mom were, were big skiers. My dad was a competitive skier, and I grew up right at the base of Sugarloaf Mountain, Sugarloaf Resort in Maine. And my folks were very involved in the founding of the development ski programs here at Sugarloaf and the school. So I actually came to CDA as a student, and then I went over to Vermont for college, Millbury College, where I was on the ski team there. And then I immediately, upon graduation, went to Killington, actually, and had my first coaching job at Killington Mountain School. Worked there as a coach for three years, and then I went back to Middlebury, ski coach there, and at the same time, attained my master's degree in educational leadership. So moving into a ski academy was really natural for me because I had just been a ski racer growing up for so long and my family was really passionate about education. So melding the two was really natural for, for me. Claire, what about awesome. a little bit about your background? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit similar to Kate. Other than my, my family were avid skiers themselves growing up in upstate New York around the Albany area and coming up to Killington on the weekends, often day tripping. That was really early 4 a.m.s and then up to programs super early as well. But just diehards, loved it. Did not have an alpine background. My parents, that is. But I was really fortunate to link up with the ski programs here at Killington, the development programs, and ended up attending Killington Mountain School as well as an alpine athlete 
And from there, headed on to Bates College, where I competed for their Division One ski team. There, I stoked my passion for coaching, kind of similar to Kate as well, taking a coaching path, working at the collegiate level, both Division One, Division Three, and at some other academies. And really enjoyed that, got my master's degree, ultimately assumed that I may have to say goodbye to coaching and went into the business world for a bit. And this opportunity to meld the two where you're sharing perspective and passion for sports, it's just a dream sitting here as head of KMS. So Kate, you've, you've been at CVA for 23 years, correct? Correct. 13 as head of school and you're stepping down next year. What led to that decision? Yeah, I would say a couple of things led to it. One is I am a believer in the benefit of transitions in leadership at organizations like ours. I think new ideas, new energy at a time when an organization is is strong can be really powerful for, for an organization. So CVA is in a, a, a great place right now. Our programs are very strong. We have a lot of support behind us. We have great staff. So for a new head coming in, they're coming in and we'll be able to hit, really hit the ground running. I also, I, one of the parts of my job that I like the most and I think is really important is bringing new professionals into this setting, new coaches, new teachers, new administrators, and then helping them develop as leaders, giving them opportunities to develop as leaders. So by vacating my position, I give the opportunity for, for someone else to step in continue to grow as a leader and kind of be that that next step that we need to keep going for ski and snowboard programs. So those are kind of two of the two of the reasons. Well, that's that's fantastic because growing the next generation is missed in so many industries in a small situation like ski academies because it's pretty tiny overall. It is crucial that we take the next generation and get them to the next level. Claire, last week or our last podcast, we had a gentleman on named Doug Lewis, which who we all know. I know he's been doing some really cool things up at KMS with the elite team. Give us some ideas on how how something of that nature, a program like that, is helping take KMS to the next level. Yeah, Doug is an exceptional human being and both from a performance standpoint himself, having such an impressive career and his ability to motivate athletes. I think that is the biggest thing that we're seeing in a lift over here at KMS when close to 80 plus kids every summer are coming through our programs through those variety of in-person camps that we're running in partnership with Doug. The Just the atmosphere is completely alive and electric. And the best thing is watching athletes from many different sport backgrounds. So alpine skiing, certainly, but a lot of different sports coming to these elite team programs at KMS and really discovering those limits, which we are pushing for all the time in sport. And there's a lot of what we do here at Killington Mountain School and at different sport academies like CBA as well is helping those student athletes really understand when maybe they've really hit a well or when there's a little bit more. And some of that grit curriculum, if you want to call it that, is certainly what Doug and his team with our coaches are are helping athletes to to understand and and push push those boundaries in the most positive and supportive and inviting environment possible. 
Yeah, he's he's an amazing human being, but an amazing <laughs> motivator, a motivator. Yeah. Claire, I also have a question for you. We're talking ski academies, and I might not know that CVA does the same thing. Kate, you can weigh in then. But KMS, as much as they're a ski academy, they all of a sudden went into mountain biking and road biking. They have a robust a group of kids that are winning events. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. That program in particular, starting with our gravity sport athletes, so these are downhill mountain bikers, enduro riders, that program is is taking off largely in part to our exceptional coaches that we have here, the athletes that are already here and training with us. A few of them, actually just a couple of days ago, two of our boys have been pushing hard for a World Cup start, and they were just awarded that petition, which was just really amazing to see them here training during the summer and have them achieve that. One of our women as well was reached a podium level in the World Cup just this last season in the gravity sport world, and that's been exceptional. And then, of course, on the endurance side of things, we have a program that runs from cyclocross to cross-country mountain biking, all everything encompassed. And it's been a really excellent natural training partner for our snow sports as well. As many of you guys know, if you're enthusiasts, that cross training is is fantastic. It's a fun thing to watch our athletes who really specialize in these cycling sports take our other student athletes out for a rip on the mountain or the trails or the road and vice versa, just working that into regular training. But the programs here starting much from that ilk and that we had some really exceptionally talented athletes in the winter sport world who were also flexing their muscles in the cycling side of things at first, maybe for fun, and then sometimes ultimately deciding that that's where they're going to be. And I'd say now as we're, we're fledging out as a a really successful program, certainly athletes, that is their, their sport of choice and coming from all over the country, certainly down South as well. That's awesome. Absolutely love it. Kate, Kate is, does CVA have anything like that? And it's just a question because I don't know. I just follow the KMS program. Yeah, we do not have a competitive cycling program. Our students use mountain biking as one of their training tools in the fall and the spring, but we don't have a competitive mountain bike. Our programs are all ski and snowboard related, and but we do offer alpine racing, all the snowboard events, freestyle events, including moguls and pre-ski. We also have a very popular ski cross team. And we do offer one non-competitive program, and that's called Backcountry. And that basically it takes all the advantages of a ski academy and brings it into the backcountry where they work on leadership skills and traveling safely in the backcountry and traveling around the world. That's awesome. Tremendous. Kate, so you mentioned a little bit before about balancing academics with, with the training schedules, but could you kind of run down what does a typical day look like for a student athlete at CVA? Sure. So in the fall, it looks a little bit different than the winter. In the fall, they, these students have basically two athletic sessions per day interspersed with two academic sessions per day. So we're taking advantage of the daylight and able to get in the weight realm and do all of our dryland activities twice a day. Once we hit the winter time and the snow flies, our students are on the mountain in the morning and in school in the afternoon. So basically they're skiing and snowboarding from about 8.30 to about noon. 
And then they're going to class from about 1 to 5.30. That's in general throughout the winter. So obviously it's different because we're able to focus their athletic time and then focus their academic time. And then then in the spring, once they're off the mountain, they go back to another dryland type schedule. Also interspersed throughout that, of course, our training camps, competition travel. So one of the key things is is our teachers supporting our athletes while they're traveling. So our students are still learning. They're keeping up with their classes at home. They're communicating with their teachers all while they're on the road for these sports. I mean, as we all know, the, the, our, our, our athletes are highly competitive. And to be highly competitive, you need a lot of days on snow, right? We're shooting for 130 to 150 days on snow in a, throughout a 12-month period. So our students are traveling a lot. Our teachers are supporting them while they're traveling. Coaches are supporting the academic efforts also. That's really important. So it's this balance of athletics and academics in this really supportive community, this motivating community like Claire talked about, with adults who are very focused on on each student-athlete's individual success, which is going to look different for each athlete. These are individual sports, right? So it's a very individualized program. That's that's, when, when I'm at both of these hills. Killington and Sugarloaf are two of my favorites in New England by far, two of the best skiing hills. And I've spent an incredible amount of time at both. But it's watching the kids manage everything is amazing because I think the discipline that you teach them that is missing in in a lot of society today, you guys are emboldening in them. Let's start with you, Claire. Could you highlight some of the success stories? Some of the great skiers that have come out of Killington, maybe what has happened, whether it be Olympians, whether it be college NCAA racers, tell us what's going on up there. And then Kate, you can follow. Yeah, it's often too many to count. We're just coming up on our 50th anniversary and we've had lots of success throughout time. Again, a testament to all of the faculty, coaches, staff, everybody here, as Kate was mentioning, I think that's the the number one thing, and often when I start the school year with speaking with the student athletes, is that you are in a place where every single person is dedicated to your success. And that's a really special, special thing to recognize and be able to take advantage of. But speaking of some standouts, got to give Hannah Soar a big shout out. She is one of our freestyle mobile athletes. Phenom there has competed at the Olympic level and on the ski team standout performances all throughout her high school career. And she continually gives back to the program too. That's a huge marker. I think for us as a school, as success, as much as results are important, that development of the whole person and that drive and dedication that you were just commenting on, but the ability to recognize and give back and kind of lend that hand perspective for those who are coming behind you. And I think she does a beautiful job at that. She's helping us with camps, things like that. We've had a number of athletes onto EISA Division One teams of late. We've had very popular postgraduate programs, especially in the Alpine side of things. And those have produced some some really great athletes. In fact, several of them are in Sauce Bay at the moment, coming back and training with their home programs when they're on break from school. And even going into this year, we've got a free ski athletes. She is currently at Junior Worlds, are ready to compete for that in New Zealand, in Park and Pipe. 
We had the U15 Junior National Champion for freestyle mobile skiing this past season and several, actually two podium spots in the overall there as well. So a lot of, lot of success. And I think the coolest thing about that is it's really embraced by all the students and faculty here. We talk about team and how that is an essential component for success. And again, getting back to that speciality that happens in the sport academy environment, maybe even as opposed to when you move on to other more professional endeavors, just having that home feel is really, really critical and that support. And it, it really rises everybody else up and, and raises the level in a really fun but competitive way. One thing about Hannah is that if you ever want to ski with her, and if you're a superstar skier in the spring, go any day and you may share a chairlift with her because my God, she is there every single day during the spring. It's great to see yeah. see her continue to embrace Killington in that way. Yeah, the resort is an incredible partner for us. And that's just one example that the superstar glacier, as they call it, mm -hmm. uh, the spring bump runs are unlimited and and she's there hammering them out with all of our student athletes. Got a great culture, parents, just enthusiasts of bumps. Those maybe trying to survive the Volkswagen sized bumps that happen there. But anyway, it can't say enough great stuff. She's she's been a huge huge help to the students here at the school and we're just cheering all the time and how how about you kate we do know of one phenom snowboarder that came out of there that did a few great things but what what's coming out of sugarloaf lately yeah so i think i'll highlight sam morse who is on the u.s alpine men's speeds team sam grew up here in Carabasset valley Grew up skiing at Sugarloaf, came to CVA, went on to Dartmouth College, and he's been on the U.S. ski team going on 10 years while pursuing his degree at, degree at Dartmouth. He, as a junior, he won the Junior World Championships for downhill. And of late, the last couple of years, he's seen multiple top 15, a couple top 10 World Cup downhill finishes. So similar to what Claire was saying, about Hannah, Sam continues to give back. He comes home as often as he can, meets with our kids, trains with our kids, offers lots of support. So it's it's great to have him. We have a snowboard cross athlete following in Seth Westcott's footsteps. Bowden Geary is a senior this year at CVA and has been named to the snowboard cross development U.S. team. So this is a unique situation where you have a high school student who's actually on the team and trying to meld those two together is extremely challenging. He'll have a very competitive Noriam and World Cup circuit this year. And at the same time, he'll be con continuing a very rigorous college prep course of study so he can graduate. And again, so our coaches and our teachers are going to be really supportive of Bowden and we're super proud of him. And we also always celebrate our athletes who go on to the U.S. CSA competitive circuit. So you have NCAA schools and Division I skiing for the Alpiners. As you guys know, it's very competitive on that NCAA Division I circuit. There's another circuit called the U.S. CSA, United States Collegiate Ski Association, and it is a fantastic group of schools, schools throughout New England, the Midwest, and the West that offer competition opportunities at college and universities for not only alpine racers, but also 
snowboarders, freestylers, and, and ski crossers. So we send a lot of kids to those schools and they're able to continue their, their love of the sport going to college. That's awesome. One second, Eric. So I said you had a phenom in snowboard, Seth, but I forgot to say we, we have another little phenom in skiing called Bodie, mm-hmm. which we, we didn't even mention. I mean, CVA. Yeah, the Bodie story is a great one. He came out of New Hampshire, came over here to, to Maine, came up through the, through the ranks here at the academy. And he was at the time skiing on K2 skis. And you remember the K24s were the first sort of shaped ski to make their way onto the racing circuit. And he really debuted that at U.S. Nationals here. And as, as a current student skied his way on the, on the ski team on those K24s. So those Bodie stories live on legendarily here. We're super proud of Bodie. And he's a good example of the, of the typical CVA student who's got a lot of grit, a lot of independence, a lot of hard work, and isn't afraid to kind of be innovative and try new things. I think that sums Bodie up completely. So, so how, do, how do parents or students get the ball rolling? Can you share an advice? Claire, we'll start with you. Share any advice for parents or aspiring student athletes who are considering enrolling in a ski academy. Where do they begin? Yeah, it can seem like an opaque kind of place or or industry to get into, just call it ski racing in general or other winter sports. And that's a lot of what we're trying to do is break down those barriers, improve access through our grassroots programs. But my my number one advice would be to sign up for a lot of different options from a, a camp perspective, certainly like an elite team camp or other on-snow opportunities related to a number of the programs out there that are operating these different camps and programs. But also once you're kind of feeling you've got a home and a, and a great fit with either coaches or resort or different proximity to your family, all kinds of factors and what you value, pick one and really see their development path through. I think there's a number of programs that do a really exceptional job at that. But Starting early and keeping it fun. That is the number one thing that I would, I would advise. Hot chocolate breaks if it's cold. We don't want this to be a negative experience. <laughs> but keep it fun and keep showing up. I tell the athletes that all the time, especially the older ones, as it gets more competitive and it gets tougher, just continue to show up. It really does become about those who are willing to prioritize or set value on some of those factors like training hard and making those choices that are the ones that are that are coming out becoming successful. Some people may call it sacrifice, but I think it's just a choice. So Kate, how competitive is the admission process at CVA and what what do students do or what can they do to stand out? Yeah, so that was a good lead in that Claire had and what we talk about is the most important thing to be a successful student at CVA is to love skiing and snowboarding and have an appreciation for your education. So most importantly, have the passion. If you have the passion and the drive to ski and snowboard day in and day out, and you want and you have you have goals in your sport, then that can motivate you in the classroom. We use that motivation to make sure that we are giving students the opportunity to reach their full potential in the classroom, too. So that's much more important. That passion, that drive, that hard work, those good values are more important than the talent 
or the experience necessarily that that student athlete is bringing into the into the academy. Um, once we have a student who's super passionate about it, we can work with that student and we can get them to reach their full potential. So that's more important than the talent. So I would say parents and young athletes, like, don't let this, don't let it scare you away. Don't think that you have to be the fastest kid out there, the top eight, eight year old in the state to be able to go and compete and be successful at a ski academy. That's, that's not the case. Yeah. That's awesome, Kate. Thank you for saying absolutely true. Well, well, if I'm sending my kid to a ski academy, I want to know that he's in good hands. Okay. First off with two great headmasters, directors here, but also coaches. How do you choose your coaches and the people that are going to mentor the kids? And go ahead, Claire. Yeah. For us, it's it's making sure that they're what's driving them is aligned with what we value here. So much of what Kate said is extremely important. Certainly background experience, personal accolade, all of these things are important. But the number one thing that I look for in coaches is a pure belief that they can meet a student athlete where they're at and help them get to where they would like to go and help them realize that potential that beliefs in themselves to be able to do that and the belief in that student athlete that they have within them and they are capable of of reaching their their potential and that's that's probably the number one marker there secondarily or perhaps right up in top two is somebody who is also going to help other coaches and other faculty and staffs buy into and follow on that pathway as a team. Again, as much as team is important for the athletes, and it is all the more important that it's being modeled by the faculty and the coaches and all the experts in the place. So those two factors, I would say, are are critical and certainly markers of, of all of the faculty, coaches, and staff that we have here at KMS. Any Any addition there, Kate? I mean, that was pretty comprehensive, which is good. Yeah, you have to love working with kids, right? You, I mean, you need to know your, your sport. You need to be an expert in your sport, whether it's freestyle, snowboarding, or alpine. But you also have to love, you have to love kids. You have to love working with kids. And like Clara said, de- developing them to be not only great skiers and snowboarders, but great people. Awesome. I think... Something that, that that both schools do that's great is they also welcome the public into sort of your community, your world. And Kate, I was going to give you a chance to plug your weekend program, but it seems like you don't need that since you've got a wait list going. But yeah. can, you, can you tell me what's that like for people? What do people expect for that if, you, if they want to plan on it for 2024 or 2025? And what other kind of camps can people get involved with at CBA? Sure. Well, the weekend program, we have over 250 young athletes in that, in alpine snowboard and freestyle. We start at age eight and go all the way up to age 17. It's important for us that we support the weekend program, which which runs about 45 days a year, every Saturday and Sunday, and a couple of vacation weeks. And it, we make it accessible to as many families as possible. And we understand that going to a full-time ski academy is is not for everybody. So young athletes can race on their high school race team and be part of the weekend program where they get CVA coaching. 
So we also support high school racers in the state of Maine that don't necessarily come to the academy. So making that accessible for lots of people is really important. We want to be a, a, a resource for the entire state of Maine. We also offer some camps in season. So you can come and try out the academy. We actually call a couple of our camps the immersion camps, where you can come and immerse yourself in the CVA experience to try it out. So that's a good way to get involved. But I wanted to piggyback a bit on, on Claire and talk about the resort partnership also, because the we are nothing without our resorts, right? And we don't we can't run our academy programs or a weekend program or camps without the full support of Sugarloaf Resort. And so we partner with the resort as much as we possibly can to make our programs accessible to the public and vice versa. So that resort partnership is very unique to ski academies, right? Most sports academies or sports schools are going to have their own soccer field, baseball field, lacrosse field, right? We don't actually own our, our, our training ground. So we have to have really good give and take and a mutually beneficial relationship with our resorts. That's awesome. And Claire, what kind of similar programs does, does KMS offer? Yes, we also have a, we call it our development programs, our, our KSC KMS development programs, in which we operate in par close partnership with the Killington Ski Club. Those span from alpine to free skiing, to freestyle moguls, to snowboarding. We also have a big mountain program in that really focusing on skiing skills and getting familiar with the whole mountain. Our Future Stars program within that development umbrella starts as early as six years old. So we have quite a few six-year-olds six and up running around in that program. It's a huge, huge blast if you ever have a chance to see one of those groups go out and rip around with them for the day. I highly recommend it. It'll it'll restill your your passion in sport there and skiing, especially in riding. But that is one of the most robust programs. Similar to what Kate was saying, that is exposure to the KMS approach to athletics in the sense that our program directors are working with all of those weekend program coaches. They are all exceptional coaches in their own right. And that's a really cool way in which they're getting some exposure to best practices and training and principles. And in much of the sense, starting to prepare themselves for perhaps a, a path at a ski academy or a sport academy, or just remaining in those programs and continuing to either compete at the high school level or, or other levels. We support those as well. Our Boost program is another moniker and has a plethora of options all the way from summer skiing opportunities to a month-long program, which is more of a flavor or a taste of what it would be like to be a student-athlete here at KMS enrolled in our full-term or winter-term program. Those are for middle school students, primarily grades six to eight. And really quite popular and a great way to understand if maybe this is, is for me or even just check it out for right now in your life. I'll, I'll caveat that in that, you know, for sure at different times, student athletes and families might decide that a certain path is, is better for them based on where they're at developmentally or what their goals are. But the boost programs, the development programs, all those summer skiing and riding opportunities that fall underneath those. And also our on-campus program. So elite team we mentioned, and we have a Four Seasons airbag facility as well, which runs several programs and camps and a trampoline facility. So students progressing those tricks from trampoline to airbag and then to eventually snow. 
is a critical piece of that development for the action sports. Well, it is. When I, when I look at the collaboration between both of you and the mountains you're on, whether it be Sugarloaf or Killington, watching the transformation, watching the Bunny Buster Palma moving to a training center for KMS or watching the new T-bar being put in at Sugarloaf to allow for more efficient training, I, I think the mountains enjoy having you as partners. And I think I think what they are doing and you are doing combined are tremendous for New England skiing. Thank you. And also, it, it's kind of editorial policy that I've, instruct, I've instituted at the New England Ski Journal that if you get to a certain level in your skiing career, you have a, a new first name. So it's not Michaela Schifrin, it's Burke Mountain Academy product, Michaela Schifrin, mm-hmm. right? It's Carabasset <laughs> Valley Academy product, Bodie Miller. It's KMS product, Hannah Soar. And I think that's important because it defines part of their legacy of these great skiers that have taken what they've learned at these, at these schools and blossomed it into great careers. So thank you, Kate and, 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 and Claire. Thank you very much for joining us on this back to school episode. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure. Great. Well, well, good, good luck as, as you kick off the new year and may academics be good and may the skiers rise to the occasion. Let's hope for lots of snow too. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, thank, thanks for joining. Well, not our bikers. They might feel the opposite. So we, well, gotta, we got fair. some parallels. Cool. Ex- exactly. <laughs> thank you both thank for you joining us. Both of you. Thank you so much. Take care. That's Kate Weber Punderson and Claire Butler, heads of school at Carabasset Valley Academy and Killington Mountain School. We'll be back after this. Looking for expert ski, snowboard, and boot fitting advice? Stop into one of Country Ski and Sports' three locations in Quincy, Westwood, or Hanson, Mass. As a third-generation family business, Country Ski has provided Boston-area skiers with the best service and discounts in the area for over 50 years. Whether you are brand new to the sport or a seasoned veteran, Country Ski has the equipment and accessories for all ability levels. Don't forget to ask about their popular season lease program, which helps families eliminate the growing pains of purchasing new equipment every year as kids grow. And don't forget, any child 18 years or younger receives a free season pass to Saddleback Mountain with each lease from Country Ski. Visit CountrySki.com for all the latest information or to shop online. Boy, Eric, adopt me, will you? (laughs) Send me to a ski academy, please. I know, huh? It, it's it, it, it's a completely different world. When I mean, I went to well, I went to Catholic high school, so I don't know if I had your traditional high school experience. But when you when you think about about that balance that would that would bring from a mental standpoint and a physical standpoint, and if I had that when I was seventeen, eighteen years old, I, I there, there's so much incorporated into skiing that is mental. And I think that we've started to tap some of it here or there, but so much more of it and your confidence level is bred into more than just the skill level of how fast you can move your legs, right? And I think that places like Carabasset Valley and, and, and KMS really do yeoman's work in, in, in getting that out of their athletes. One other thing I will, I will say is that for the most part, a lot of these athletes come out of the school not only at the top of their game, but they're very polished, Right. 
to some degree, Michaela Schifrin, when she came as a 20-year-old, I, I think I talked for her the first time. I think she was 19. I don't know. I'm going to get the age wrong. But she was very young, okay? And she spoke like a polished athlete that at the top of her game, like she had confidence. She had a presence. And I think a lot of that is bred into the confidence and the, the structure and the level of competition that these schools bring out of the athletes. Well, I think they bring out incredible, incredible ability out of these athletes. But I think what impresses me even more, because there's only a few Michaelis, there's only a few Bodies out there. And when I say a few, I don't, I don't even know what the percentage, 0.0001 percentage would be. But what impresses me, they teach them hard work, balance and the academics i mean not only are these kids great skiers they're going to the Bates, the bowdens the middlebury's the dartmouths okay and guess what you don't you don't get a free ride on academics you got to work so i think the discipline that is missing so much in the world today is is really being brought out at ski academies and I also thought, uh, kind of on that note about, about breeding the, the next generation, on that same thought about bringing up the, the next generation, I thought Kate did did something great when we asked her for some of the, the, the biggest names that have graduated from CF, CVA. We know Bodie Miller went there. And I think it's funny that nobody mentioned him until the end because Kate wanted to focus more on up-and-coming athletes. Who are you going to hear about maybe in January or February? Who are you going to hear about in 2025? I think that that's a, a great way to look at these schools as these aren't just the breeding spots for some of our great athletes. These are also the breeding spots for the very future of the sport. And whether that's a, a backcountry guide or whether that's the next gold medalist or whether that's just someone to bring their skills of the outdoors to some kind of component of some field that needs it. That's the important work that they do. And I think that putting these people out out into nature and balancing that with their math and their history and their social studies probably creates just such well-rounded individuals. And there's no stats that can tell you, oh, this person's more rounded because they went to CVA than this person. But you understand what I mean. Like those people that come out of there have more of a confidence than your normal student athlete would. Without a doubt. Well, think about a 15 or 16-year-old that has to function like a Division One football player or basketball player with yeah. travel schedules with games, they've got to function in that way because they're maturing up and, and gaining skills that most kids don't gain be, unless they have structure of that nature. Right. It takes a special kind of person to go to, to a ski academy because you, you've got to have a passion for the sport. You've got to understand where your mental capacity lies and can you handle as a 15 year old going away to Maine or going away to Vermont? These are things that, that you and I take for disadvantage that we take for granted, right? Like, yeah, of course I'll go to Vermont for, for four months. Why not? When you're 14 or 15 years old, that decision's a lot, a big looming thing in your entire persona. So, I, I think that, that the ski academies are obviously, they define some of our greatest athletes, and they're right in our backyard, and if you 
look, if you or, or your son or daughter have an interest, I think that these are two of the best schools to start at. Well, two of the best schools at two of the best mountains, yep. because I don't know anybody that doesn't put Sugarloaf and Killington, probably the two largest areas in New England they are. Yep. from acreage. They are great skiing hills that are open early, open late, and their commitment to these ski academies is huge. But don't we, we talk about school up there, the Killingtons up there, or the academies up there. Don't forget that Franconia Ski Club, Gunstock Ski Club, or any of the smaller racing at Wachusett. All of those areas can allow your child to see if they want to go to the next level being the CVA or KMS. Excellent. Mike, thank you very much. Hey, welcome back to school, Eric. Thank you. Thank you very I, much. I, I hope all, you're enjoying very, it. I, I, you know very what? excited. You know what? I think about you as I'm still having a cup of coffee and you're in class. <laughs> the, the, the classes this year are, are all bunched together first thing in the morning. So the bad news is I have to get up at like 530 in the morning to get to school. The good news is, is that I'm out at 1030. So it, it, I have, there's plenty well, more left in the day to go do my paddling so, or whatever's so, on the schedule. So at 1030, if this continues on during ski season, that means you can be at Wachusett by noon. That's part of the, the excitement. Yeah. Exactly, Mike. Thank and you. out by three or four when the school buses show up. Perfect. Yeah. I haven't I haven't purchased it yet, but a Wachusett season pass or at least a weekday pass is going to be on the uh, on the menu this fall because of that schedule is so sweet in pertaining to hitting the mass pike right over to watch yourself. Well, I, I want to I give one kudos here. I want to thank our producer, Dave, for all he does. Yes, thank uh, you, Dave. To anybody that hasn't heard his voice, he's the guy, guy with the magic behind the scenes. You mean this voice. That's the voice. <laughs> it's, Dave, a labor, thank- it's a labor of love, fellas. Dave, thank you very much. My Mike, pleasure. thank you very much. That is the Basecamp Podcast for another week. I'm Eric Wilbur, editor of New England Ski Journal. We will see you next time. Same place, same bat channel if they still say that anymore. Bye. New England Ski Journal's Basecamp is a Siemens Media podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.